The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, 14 minutes and 20 seconds, where the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. 1420 in the morning for this 26th day or 27th day of uh, October 2023. Today's show, as always, is brought to you by SeatGeek.com, the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase. Uh, remember, we are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Go to BellyUpSports.com for all their great articles and other great podcasts, such as Rising the Occasion, the Captain Lou Extravaganza, and my favorite, the uh, guys over at Craft Brood Sports. Thank you once again for being uh, making us a part of your day each and every day from all of us here at 1420 World Headquarters. Anyways, today I'm joined by one of the writers for our Belly Up Sports and the host of the back pages on WBCR 88.3 The Saint to talk some New York Rangers hockey this morning. Brian, how you doing today, sir? Good. How about you? I'm doing quite well. Let's get into some Rangers hockey right off the bat. They got up to a four and two start. By the time people listen to this, they'll probably be five and two as they're facing the lowly Edmonton Oilers tonight. That's hard to say. The lowly Edmonton Oilers once again. What a wreck! Can't find a goaltender. One of those things we won't talk. To, we won't uh, dwell too much on the Oilers' woes so far. But the Rangers uh, got up to four and two start. They're doing okay. Obviously, you'd rather be four and two than two and four. What's the feeling around uh, Mass Square Garden of the team that uh, GM Chris Drury has uh, thrown together this year? There's a lot of excitement because I think going into the year, there was a bit of an unknown with the Rangers because, sure, they added a guy like Blake Wheeler, but there was no major offseason change. It was more of like, all right, we're going to hope, you know, Caco and Lafreniere take that next step, hope this roster is good enough, and that's how we make the playoffs and what Peter Laviolette can do. But so far through four, other than like the Nashville game, the Rangers have looked like alive and well, like practices are crazy. They're all hugging each other. There's a big feeling around uh, this Ranger team that this could be a year that something special happens. They, uh, they're they always on that team that's kind of been licking the jar for years. Uh, after first round loss last, last spring to the uh, Cross River rival New Jersey Devils, what's some that the Rangers might have done this year to maybe get them past the Devils? The Devils look like they're a, a great team. They got those Hughes boys over there rocking and rolling already. Uh, that's a heck of a hockey team over there in Jersey. What have the Rangers, you think, what have they done maybe to say, okay, we're going to play the Rangers? Because it's it's kind of good in the way it's going to work out, the way the seedings happen. What's some that the Rangers might have done to, to get past that first round hump? And it's uh, it's tough winning, but what's something the Rangers might have done this year to maybe get past that hump? Well, I think it's the the, the changes of lines that uh, Laviolette has brought in. Like, we had the top line of Kreider, Zibanejev, and Capo. You have the second line of Panarin, Hedo, and Lafreniere, which has been the best line out there. It's just a different – it's just guys that haven't played with each other. Like, Panarin and Lafreniere are the perfect guys to pair up. Like, it's that, you know, perfect guys to pair up. That kind of offense will help us, you know, take on the Devils. And then, of course, if Igor continues to play the way he is, and be that brick wall, you know, just get a hot goaltender and you're fine. That's one of those things. We'll get to the goaltender in half a second. I'm glad you brought up the Alexei Lafreniere. Ever since getting drafted first overall in 2020, yeah, he had the COVID stuff, and he set his development back in junior hockey. But so far, he has been uh, – I don't want to say underwhelming. He's been whelming. He's been just right there, not really doing a whole bunch. He's been okay at best. Uh, is yeah. this is this the year that uh, the underachieving the they were hoping was going to be a superstar? Is this the year? It's crap. Or get off the pot for Lafreniere. 
Oh, yeah, this is Lafreniere's make-or-break year. As I mentioned before, he's finally getting top six minutes, which is something a lot of Rangers fans have been screaming about for years to Lafreniere, how, you know, maybe he'll be good if he gets top six minutes. Now he has it, and now he's playing with a player like Artemi Panarin. He is being put in the best position possible to maybe not become that superstar player, but become a top-line type forward. If he, you know, fails this year, or it, again, it's just not another step up. I can see the Rangers moving on from Lafayette this offseason. But I have a feeling he's got three goals so far. Should have had a couple assists. The puck, you know, bounced a certain way. I think we're starting to see a next step from Lafreniere right now. It kind of has to be because eventually, uh, like his new contract will end up coming in. You'll he'll, he'll want the six to seven million bucks or whatever it's going to be in the eight years that they all, all these guys seem to be getting when they get to that quasi next level. I don't know what the, the next level after you if you had to read it what it actually was. I wouldn't know any what what it was because it just seems to they hand these contracts out like candy at the store down the oh, street. Yeah. And you don't know what, to, why some guys end up deserving that. Lafreniere is like going to be looking for something. And, you know, you don't go first overall by accident. Uh, no. There's something that somebody sees. And yes, there have been over the years, there have been some first overall busts. Let's go back to the 1990s, a long, a long time before you were born, but Alexander Dague, a long time ago, that didn't turn out so well. And he actually ended up playing for the Rangers, I think, at the end of his career. But, uh, Usually these guys get these picks right. And, like, what's the ceiling, you think, for a guy like Lafreniere? Like, playing with Panarin, um, now that they're saying, here, this is on you now. Like, they, you're playing with one of the, the top guys in the National Hockey League, and if you can't get it done with Panarin, you're not going to get it done. Yeah. No, so the best part about Lafreniere is he's only 22 years old. Like, I think that gets lost a lot because he's been in the league since he was, you know, 18, 19 years old. He's still a very young player. So the ceiling is still pretty high. Do I think he can still be a superstar? Probably not, but could he be a serviceable top-line guy? I, de- I definitely think that's where we could see Lafreniere going. Yeah, so I uh, you hope for the best for a kid like that, and they don't get because it, it's uh, hockey is such a what have you done for me now, not what have you done for me later thing. Because now uh, the lifespan of these players is a lot shorter than it was even ten years ago, and you, they want to get some return on their investment, not now but right now. Uh, like you, there's an old saying also there, Brian. Uh, you, you show me a good goalie, I'll show you a good coach, and that's uh, one of those things that the, the Rangers have one of the best in the game. Wishesterk in there, uh, he's been he's one of the, the Vesna already in his young career. He's one of the best in the game and he can mask some problems is that a good thing it's a it's a great thing because there's not many great goalies in the league and i think the rangers have one a lot of teams have serviceable guys uh, but the rangers have a guy in shesterkin that's uh really damn good yeah yeah no it's i i always compare the rangers to the green bay packers how they went from far to rogers the rangers went from lundquist to uh shesterkin like where rangers fans have been spoiled at least people like my age and they're early 20s they've known nothing but good ranger goaltender so yeah it's awesome having a goaltender like that so like if the offense is playing sloppy one day or defense is playing sloppy you know that the goaltender can step up and still win you that game that you probably should lose you know, it's funny you talk like back in my vintage there, the goaltenders of the day were guys like Marty Brodeur and Mike Richter you know, out, out there in your part of the world. And you, you moved yeah. on to uh, guys like Eddie Belfort. And there were so many great, great, great goaltenders. Curtis Joseph could be included in that. Patrick mm-hmm. Wall, obviously. Uh, the yeah. Rangers have a, uh, they got a, uh, they got a good one there. Wishes Durkin. Cause I, like, I, I, for, I don't know why I can never remember the uh, most teams have a guy who's serviceable uh Aiden what was it Aiden, who the goalie for the uh Golden Knights well I don't care uh, Aiden, Aiden, Aiden Hill, Hill. 
yeah, in the hill. See, if you can't remember the guy who won a Stanley Cup last year, it just goes to show that the goaltending position, yes, it is 100% important because a, a good goaltender uh, can win you games. A bad goaltender can, can lose you games, obviously. But if you stop all the easy ones, a few of the hard ones, to give your team a chance to win, which Shesterkin does, uh, that's a plus for LaViolette 100%. Oh yeah, definitely a plus for the, uh, the team is going to be uh, going to score by committee a lot. Obviously, Panarin's going to get some goals, and Zabanajat, and they hope that uh, Lafreniere can do something. Uh, who else going to have to put the puck in the net this year for the Rangers to be successful? Well, I mean, you know, he's a top line guy, but Chris Kreider is going to have to continue to do his famous uh, tip in. Like every time the puck shot, he's just somehow right there with a stick in the right position and put the puck in net. He's been our offense for the past two years. Like, he has scored 50 goals two years ago. So, you know, I'm not asking Kreider to do 50 again. But, you know, I would like to see another 30-goal season out of Chris Kreider, especially if he's, you know, out of line with Mika and they have, like, that connection between the two of them. They, uh, he's a great player. Like, you look at what he can do night in, night out. He's one of those guys. Uh, th- like, you you brought him up in the, in the first question I asked you. Blake Wheeler, the, the Rangers tried to bring him off the scrap heap. They got him off the of waivers or off the whatever line once the, the Winnipeg Jets bought him out. It hasn't went great so far. He's uh, he's at the he's on the back nine of his career. He was a great Jet for a long time. Yeah. Uh, what were they hoping to get out of Blake Wheeler? And uh, what do you think like, – like what's the kind of leash they have with him? Cause I got him a team friendly contract, probably a million bucks a year, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, he's, but he's just there to, to hope and help. What kind of a leash do you think that they're going to have with Wheeler? And are they going to, uh, how long are they going to hold on to this guy? Because there's probably some guys down the minors who could uh, maybe do the exact same thing. So I think we're going to see a little bit of a longer leash from Wheeler. And it's not because of the way Wheeler's playing. It's more in Laviolette. He's Laviolette's been stressing line chemistry, he doesn't want to make any major line shakeups. So I think he that will extend Wheeler's time a little bit. But I would say maybe around Thanksgiving, if Wheeler is still struggling like this, and he's not playing like Artem Panarin is being double shifted in the third period and Wheeler is being sat. Like so I think by Thanksgiving, if we're still seeing this type of play, and you know, if a guy like um Brendan Offman in Hartford, if he starts lighting the league up he could definitely find himself in that third line uh, slot and Wheeler could be, you know, in Hartford or uh, unemployed. More than likely unemployed. So I don't think he would go down to Hartford. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm assuming he's got a couple of bucks in the bank. So going down the minors probably isn't a, an option at this point in his career. Uh, one, one pickup I like, and I, I don't like, I don't know how much playing time he's going to get. Coach Sturkin is, uh, is so good, but one that they kept him last year and everything else. I like the, uh, cause I've always been a quick guy. I think he's a great goaltender. He's mm-hmm. obviously, he's another guy on the back end of his career, but it never hurts to have a guy with a winning pedigree. And obviously uh, quick has the Stanley cups with the Los Angeles Kings. What the, what does that bring you to that the Rangers locker room? Who hasn't won a Stanley cup since 1994? Cause winning's hard in any advice. Oh, yeah. And any advice you can get from anyone, even if it is a, and I'm an old goalie from way back. So any advice you can get even from a dumb old goalie who's been hitting the, uh, hitting the head with a frozen puck now and then, uh, how, what kind of value does that have to a, a locker room, do you think? Oh, so much value because it's it's veteran leadership. It's like, all right, we're going to listen to Jonathan Quick because he knows what it takes to get to a Stanley Cup. He knows what it's like to go on a deep run, you know, go through that. He, he brings that voice, that experience that the Rangers are kind of lacking right now. 
that's one thing that's invaluable, right? Like, even if a guy's on the bench, and it, it might be a, a good thing for you know, a backup goalie who gets in every third or fourth game or every fifth game or sixth game, whatever it might be. These guys don't play like Grant Fierbet did back playing 75 games anymore. But if they can get 20, 20 decent starts out of quick and he can be be around the team and be on the bench and help out, I think that's 100% invaluable, like you said. It, it, it definitely can't hurt because there's not many uh, games that you uh, – like you, they might give him the start tonight to Edmonton with that bad team. Who knows? But uh, David, why not? <laughs> yeah, who? Yeah, it's what a disaster. That's uh, we had high hopes here in Alberta for the Oilers, but it's early. But it's actually not early because you 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 mentioned American Thanksgiving, which is about uh, three weeks away, and. In the history of the National Hockey League, especially in the last 20 years, teams that are in a playoff spot at American Thanksgiving, um, they usually end up making the playoffs come April. Like it, It's yeah. crazy to think that, that the uh, the first few weeks of the season, and that's it. Yeah, it's like Memorial Day in baseball. When you get to Memorial Day, it's like I think like 75% of division winners on Memorial Day have won the division. It's crazy how like a short sample size can dictate how the rest of the season can go. What did you think of the uh, NHL's frozen frenzy they had the other night, where they had all uh, all six, all uh, thirty-two teams playing sixteen games, the staggered starts, and the like? Did uh, like I got a bit of a gripe with that. I'm I'm here in Western Canada, unless mm-hmm. I got the app, I don't know why it wasn't working for whatever reason, but. Right. Uh, I couldn't watch most of the games because they were they were on blackout here or blackout there mm-hmm. and everything else. Yeah. And, and that's does hockey stub itself uh, stub their toe a lot marketing this game. Like it's, yes. it, it seemed odd to me that like we um, my sister lives on Vancouver Island and mm-hmm. she's a, a Winnipeg Jets fan from years back. And uh, they can't watch Jets games because it's, it's blacked out on TSN three or four or whatever it is. Yeah, Do you guys have the, that, that same issue where you can't watch most of the games? Yeah, no, that's an issue up here, too. Like, we're blacked out. Like, I'm up in the Albany region, so, like, we can't get Buffalo. We can't get uh, the Rangers, the Islanders, or the Devils. That's four major teams that we just can't watch because of the blackouts. No, the blackouts are the worst thing in sports. I think it hurts games. It hurts viewing for younger um, fans because, you know, most fans my age, they're not buying cable anymore. They're streaming. And if they can't stream their favorite team or can't stream a team they're interested in, they're not, they're not going to watch. There's so much else they can watch. They're not going to be like, all right, I can't watch the Rangers. I guess I'll watch this, you know, Canadian wild game. But they don't have any connection to those teams. So they'll move on to something else. That's so bizarre to me, Brian, that you have a you you have a, a an area there with four teams right in the area, right right in state. I'm gonna call I'll call New Jersey in state, um, and Buffalo's right yeah, there, and and, and, you, and you and you can't watch them. Like it's it's yeah, unbelievable. No. Like I was I was in New York a, a couple summers ago, and uh, I went to the Mets the Mets game on the Monday night, Mets Yankees game. And then mm-hmm. uh, we were walking on Manhattan the next night and you couldn't find it on TV anywhere. Cause it, it was on Apple plus or whatever it was. Huh? Yeah. So it, it was so bizarre how streaming's taken over. And I, I don't think it's good for the game. I understand that it's a moneymaker because you got to buy the apps and the, the, the blah. I, I get it. But at the end of the day, it's the fans who pay the bills. Right. And if yeah. the fans, if the fans can't see it, they're not going to come back. Like, and, cause now yeah. we live in a, in a right now moment and clicks and everything else is right now and our we have the attention span of a drowned rat and uh, if, you, if you can't see it you ain't, you ain't coming back and it's, it's and especially guys your age we're hockey like you're, you're a hockey nut obviously but you have oh, yeah. guys guys who aren't and to mm-hmm. if, you, if, they, if their eyeballs can't get on it then you're not going to ever go back yeah yeah you have to be exposed to sport like my love of hockey came from the ironically enough the danbury trashers i was living in town right next to them that's i was exposed oh, to really? them at a young age yeah yeah, I live in the next town over from uh, the Trashers, where I'm from in college right now. 
But yeah, no, like I was exposed to the trash that way. And I'm like, oh, this sport's awesome. You know, if you can't get exposed <laughs> to it, you're not gonna you're not gonna watch it. The Danbury Trashers, they they took hockey to a different level. I don't know if you could even call that hockey. That reminds me of when I when I played junior hockey years and years ago. That uh, that Tom Fuller, yeah. Like I that that's one thing, and like we can talk about this if you want, but um I grew up in an era where, like, even you go back to the 80s when fighting was very prevalent and very, it was all part of the game. There's always the uh, who won or were there any fights. Nobody cared who scored goals. Uh, it's like I understand because of concussion protocols and, and the damage it can do to people. And we lost a lot of players back in the uh, in the 2010s uh, to suicide from CT and everything. But is fighting something that uh, I, I shouldn't say miss? Oh, yeah, I'll say miss. Is fighting something that, that's kind of missed from the game of hockey? Because it's kind of something that's expected, even though it hasn't really been prevalent in the game for quite quite a few years. Yeah, I think it's missed a little bit. I think there's been a change to more like it used to be the built roster around grit. Like enforcer was you know, the player to be in hockey. Now it's gone to more speed and skill. And you know, we're seeing the enforcer kind of get its way out. But no, fighting was a really unique part of hockey. Like if you knew if you knew nothing about hockey, you knew there was fighting involved. And that was an easy way to like market. Like, hey, even if you don't like hockey, look at two men fight each other. Like that's kind of crazy to watch if you're on the ice. So, you yeah, know, it's definitely – from a marketing standpoint alone, fighting rules is a missile bit in the, in the game. Well, the, the Danbury Trashers, they did that. So there used to be an old saying years ago, I went to the fights and the hockey game broke out. It was one of those things, right? Yeah. So it was, it, it was it was a lot of fun to, to watch that stuff. Like it was, yeah, it was just a, di- a different era, obviously. And the, mm-hmm. But uh, like now with everybody's love for violence, I mean, you, you wonder why they wouldn't bring it back. But like we understand why the, the, the health issues that they had. Yeah, uh, we don't want to hurt anyone. But like it's also a unique part of the game because any other sport you get into a fight, you're being suspended for 10 games. Well, you sit, sit in the box for five minutes, you come out and do it again. You, you look at what's happening in the Quebec League, and I think we, we you discussed that was the uh, with it, they're banning fighting, right? And and it's one of those things you're like, what the hell is going on here? Because now you can get guys uh, going around the ice, sticking guys in the face, and, and there, there's no consequence for their action, like there was with there would be a little tap on the laces, and we said, okay, you can do that, but I'm going to go after your guy. I'm going to go after your Sidney Crosby or your whoever, because you don't have those enforcers anymore. And the Quebec League, I think they're going to figure that out. That this article you you wrote, correct? Yeah, I wrote that article. Yep. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, no, it was, it was fantastic. I was up for Belly Up Sports, make sure you check that out. Uh, obviously, winning the Stanley Cup is the goal for the Rangers. Uh, is it, honestly, is it a realistic one? I can see what this team does at the deadline. I I, I would love to say it is, but I think there are a lot better teams out there than, than right now with the Devils, the Hurricanes, uh, the Stars. I think those three teams are my favorites right now. So the Rangers need to... Keep playing hot. We need to see Lafreniere and Kako and Heedle take that next step. And we need to see something at the deadline. This team, if everything breaks right, this team could win a cup. It's funny you mentioned uh, those three teams, though, and nobody talks about the Bruins winning anything because they only got that one cup and it was with 2011 with that group. And now, obviously, uh, Bergeron's gone, and, and so, so they kind of have a bit of a, a different-looking uh, team. And they're 6-0 they, they're and o right now. I think they haven't lost a game. They picked up right where they left off last year. Yeah, but it's the, like, you know, you picked these But the first round lost last year to uh, the Florida Panthers. So now you're like, okay, what have you done for me lately? Nobody gets too high on the Bruins. It's funny how sports is like that really funny how sports like that everyone's picking the Bruins to take a step back and it's nope we're continuing to be dominant like we have been for the past decade yeah and then just say I'll come to playoffs yes you haven't you didn't win again you didn't win again and Marshawn's not the guy what's the I I ask everybody to have on the show what's uh, Connor Bedard mania like out there like he's going to end up uh, playing playing in New York at some point not for the Rangers but with Chicago uh, against the Rangers Uh, what's the Bedard hype like out that in your neck of the woods 
Hi, we're all like really excited to um, have this guy come out to uh, Madison Square Garden or the Prudential Center and watch him play. Like I have guys who don't even follow hockey, but they saw they thought he was 18 years old. And they're like, oh, when's this guy coming? Is he going to come nearby? Like we kind of want to see this guy play. So it's, Bedard is tr- attracting people to hockey who wouldn't watch it beforehand. So I think it's pretty it's pretty cool to watch. You wrote an article for Belly Up Sports there. I read it this morning about uh, another ex-Ranger, um, but more more uh, prevalent, an ex-Chicago uh, uh, Blackhawk and Patrick Kane. And it's kind of funny that the Rangers or someone, had, I know he's rehabbing uh, his hip. He's been playing, he played the game for so long, such a high level, the body's bound, bound to break down. But uh, the, it's funny that the Rangers had to have this guy last for the deadline. And, and in all accounts, it didn't really do anything for, no. throughout. The, it could have been because of the, the wear and tear in his body, but for all accounts, the, the, the acquisition of uh, Patrick Kane for the Rangers didn't really do a whole bunch for them last year. Uh, you said that a good fit for him, uh, I don't want people not to read your article, but you said a, 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 a good fit for him would to be with the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, is that a realistic, uh, tell me why that's a realistic thing for Patty Kane to end his career out there in, in Detroit. Well, it's realistic because you have uh, Alex DeBrincat out there. Now, DeBrincat, um, he played with um, Kane before, before the Blackhawks began this rebuild and before he traded Patrick Kane and uh, Alex DeBrincat, there was this thought that these are the next two pieces that we can build this franchise around. I, I think it was 2021 season, uh, Blackhawks scored 569 points, and uh, Kane and the Brinkat, when they're on the line together, qualified for a third of those. So Kane knows he's, you know, taking a step back a little bit. He's probably going to want to go somewhere with some familiarity, some chemistry. He did really good with the Brinkat. He goes out to uh, Troy and plays with the Brinkat, and just the Brinkat helps him uh, continue his legendary career. No, I never thought that because I thought for sure yeah, he would be going to a place like maybe uh, I don't want to say Toronto because they're not going to win a cup in my life. Look, I'm, I'm getting old. They're not going to win one in my lifetime, in my opinion. But that's just one of those things with Toronto. Uh, so let's let's go out to uh, let's go to Edmonton a little bit. Like you, you brought up McDavid, obviously who's out. Um, he's the be- he's the best player to ever play the game. Not the greatest because that's that, that's Wayne Gretzky forever, no matter what. But he's the best to ever play the game. He does things at such a high level, high speed. Um, when do you think, or if, because he's up for contract in a couple of years, do you think McDavid's ever going to go, you know what, this ain't working. They're already talking about firing the coach again this year. And he go, he's been through four or five coaches already out there in Edmonton in his eight-year career, which is crazy. I think he's been around for eight years already. But mm-hmm. um, is there a point where you think that maybe McDavid might go, you know what, I'm out. We're not doing anything here. I definitely think there could be a breaking point, especially if it's, you know, continuing losses, continuing struggling. You know, just changing around. It's like enough's enough. I need to, I want to go win somewhere, especially as he's getting, you know, maybe not in the coming years, but as he gets to, you know, year 12, year 13, year 14, and, you know, the play might, you know, slip back a little bit and he still doesn't want a cup yet. He might be like, well, now it's now or never. I need to go somewhere where I can win a cup right now for my legacy. You know, he's going to get to that point where the, the point totals are going to plateau and, and say dropped him. Like, this is going to sound crazy. He dropped to 120 points a year instead of the 150 that we're, that we're kind of getting used to. Like, oh, no, what are we going to do? He's only got 120 points. But eventually the, the point totals uh, do plateau when you go down. You look at Steve Eisen with the 
those great Detroit teams uh, back in the, the late nineties there uh, that they have to reinvent themselves a little bit to find themselves a, uh, to win a championship because you can have all the, 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 uh, the art Ross and the, the heart trophies on, on your mantle, everything you want to go with. But when it's all said and done, if you don't have one of those champion, at least one of those championship rings. Yeah. I don't want to say you're just another guy, but if you're uh, in, in the hall of fame and on your, on your plaque, it doesn't say Stanley cup champion on it. Uh, it's a bit of a, 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 I would say it's a bit of a disappointment. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you don't win a championship, it's a disappointment. Like, you know, Dan Marino might be one of the most talented quarterbacks you've ever seen, but he didn't win a Super Bowl. And that's the first thing you bring up when you talk about Dan Marino is, oh, he's the greatest, but he never won anything. I, but David's not going to want to have that type of um, legacy behind him. Yeah, it's crazy to think that that team's in trouble again. Like, I know it's early, but like when you when you look as bad as they are right now with no goal, no goaltending, like not even no goaltending, bad goaltending, and that's something that uh, you can't get away from. Get a serviceable guy, and you'll you'll do you'll do better. Obviously, uh, prediction time. Who do you uh, who do you got? And, and go with your heart or your head, not your heart. Go with your head, not your heart. Uh, this early in the season, who do you got winning the Stanley Cup? And tell me why. So right now, I have. I'm still gonna go with my prediction. Sticking with stars and hurricanes, stars over the hurricanes. I really like the stars roster. I really like that young core of Robertson, Heskinen, and Ottinger. Because in hockey, you need a good goaltender, a dynamic forward, and a good guy in the blue line. And the stars got all those in one draft. I think those three are going to be a problem for hockey for years to come. And they have good depth with Matthew Shane. Yeah, they they got a hell of a team down there in Texas. Like, mm-hmm. You can't get like they they they've been ha- hanging around for a long time. They and and that's one thing I've always kind of been against is if sometimes if you just hang around being mediocre, being mediocre gets you mediocre because you you, you yeah. can't draft guys and you can't get this guy and everything else. And and the the the, the Texas is, or Dallas has kind of found a way to not be like Vancouver Canucks just mediocre and then all of a sudden it just falls apart, right? Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things you you got to uh, admire them a little bit. Let's uh, switch sports a little bit here though i know you're you're i think you're a mets guy the uh Unfortunately. What, what happened there with that team they uh just uh, they they went for it they didn't go go they didn't do anything with it uh owner steve cohen he went out and spent uh, eight billion dollars on everything yeah. else and that was just on this year's uh payroll uh mm-hmm. and now they, they they got rid of verlander and then they got rid of scherzer and now they're still on the hook to pay to pay for those guys to pit i mean money's nothing to this guy anyways but no. what happened what happened with the mets this year I think we just had regression from players that we couldn't withstand. Scherzer took a Scherzer struggled through uh he was up and down the beginning of the year. Verlander was out for a month. Starting Marte had all season surgery and was never able to bounce back. And Marte was like the one bat in this lineup that was so consistent. Like it's lost. Marte was batting three hundred most of the year last year. Like I feel like that's lost because of the guys, you know, like Lindor and Alonzo in in the lineup. But Marte was a very like stable secure bat i think once that once that safety blanket was gone it just fell apart from there and then just we spiraled and just could not get out of our own way yeah, it's crazy how that turned out. Everybody had a high hopes for them. They were talking World Series, everything else, and the money. You know, holy cow! And it just never, it just never happened. Uh, who do you? The World Series is set. I, I'm, I was quite. I was. I was 100 shocked when the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks took out the, the Phillies out there because I thought the way the Phillies were rolling after those first two games, going up up 2-0, going out to Arizona, and then barely hanging when they're, now they're out and then losing two at home to finish out the the NLCS. Uh, are you as shocked as I am that the Phillies aren't going to the World Series? second time in a row I was, I, I was certain we were going to have astros phillies for the second year in the row i didn't i thought there's no way to dime back to win two games 
it's just Bank Park. But you know, hats off to them. They figured out a way to do it. I, I'm happy for that as a Mets fan. What not? You know, I don't have to watch the Phillies in the World Series, and that's pretty good. There you go. It's uh, it's really interesting to see. How, like I I thought eventually, like the uh, Astros had a bad season all year long. They they or at home, they just couldn't get anything going at home. But I thought one out of two games, they might get something done. And to lose all four at home and, and then lose the series four to three, I just I was shocked when that went out because I, I just figured that Dusty Baker would get a win out of those guys, especially one of the last in the, the one of the last two games. I was shocked. Yeah. No, me too. I was shocked too. The uh, who do you got win the World Series? So I want to say Diamondbacks because it's a little it's a little bit of a funny coincidence. So like the last time the Diamondbacks won the World Series, Randy Johnson killed a bird in spring training, and this year Zach Gallen accidentally killed a bird when he was doing long toss. So there is that connection, but I think the Rangers pitching is just too good for the Diamondbacks. It's a nice story, but I probably had the Rangers in six. That's uh, I'm kind of leaning that way, but for some reason this. Uh... This Diamondbacks team, they run, they run the base really well, and they, they took advantage of the new rules. And they also, uh, they, they pitch it pretty well. And you, you look at uh, their bullpen. The only problem I got is sometimes they get a little too cute, and they go, yeah. out, they go with the, the binder a little bit, bit too much, and they have a script, and eventually that comes back to bite you. You put the, uh, you put the baseball in too many people's hands, and it comes back to bite you a little bit. But man, no, I, I think you're right. I think the Rangers went in six. I think they, they just hit it too well, and they went out and spent some money last last season. And it's, it's crazy to think that uh, uh, both teams had over 100 losses just two years ago, and they're, yeah. and they're, they're right there this year. So, no, it's uh, going to be interesting to see how it all goes out. And they built uh, it differently, too, which is interesting. Like, one team did, did more, like, development. One team went out and bought their roster. So, we had, like, Yeah, it's funny. So there's, no, there's, there's, no real, there's no real script to say how, how to win a World Series. I, I know my team and your team haven't figured it out for quite some time, so it's one of those things. It's uh, – yeah, the, the uh, I don't see the Yankees. Like you look at you look at the rosters of of uh, the Yankees and the Mets, and how these teams are built, and then you look at the two teams that are that are, uh, or you look at the four teams or whatever it might be that uh, that were were in the LCS on, in National League and American League. The Yankees and the Mets are it seems to me are so far away. Like yeah, I know that the, yeah. the Mets or the Yankees had 83 wins and Arizona had 84, but it just seems that they're just built differently and just it's yeah. something that's missing on both franchises. It's especially with the Yankees. I just feel feel like Cashman has built such a flawed roster where like it's so reli- the lineup is so reliant on Aaron Judge that if he's not there, they fall apart. Like it's not like oh they take a little step back. It's like no, they go from scoring like four runs late to like nothing, nothing, like absolutely nothing. And it's crazy how that team for, t- turned out. Anyways, Brian, thanks, Barry, thanks very much for doing this. Where can we uh, find all your stuff and what do you got going on? Oh, you're a busy guy with everything you got uh, you yeah, got going I'm a busy on, guy. There. So. Uh, of course, I'm on Belly Up Sports writing articles. Uh, every week I cover, do a recap of Notre Dame game for the Notre Dame Debriefing, which is on Belly Up Sports. I'm covering hockey and baseball, like always. Uh, me and Nate from the uh, Nate and Chase podcast have started a New York Giants podcast called The G-Men Corner. That's on the Nate and Chase uh, YouTube channel. 30 minutes, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. You know, we, we recap the game Mondays. Uh, you know, big picture stuff on Wednesday. And then we preview the game Friday. So definitely go check that out. And, of course, if you're in the Albany area or if you have iHeartRadio, look up WVCR 88.3 The Saint. And on Sunday nights at 8, you'll hear my voice talking about all things New York sports on the back pages. That's a, that's a lot of fun, a lot going on there. It's good. You keep uh, keep working, keep plugging away, keep grinding because it's uh, good things will happen when you 
when you work at it. It's something that I uh, kind of wish I did when I was your age. I, I gave up on it, but now with the with the power of the internet, things have changed a little bit. But no, keep and it's great. <laughs> yeah, because they obviously didn't have this when I was your age. It wasn't it wasn't mm-hmm. really a thing. So it's a it's a good thing to keep. Yeah, keep grinding, keep keep going out. I enjoy listening to everything you, you guys do, and your articles are always great. So thanks very much for doing this. Uh, before we go, what's wrong with the Giants? Honestly. Uh, I think the the offensive line is horrific to begin with. They they played decent the past couple of games, but yeah, no, the offensive line's bad. Daniel Jones has regressed to a point where the contract seems like a big mistake. Um, the Giants need to seriously consider moving on from Daniel Jones. Not he'll be the unless he retires, he'll be the starting quarterback next year. But Shane really needs to sit down and go, is this the guy to lead our franchise forward? Because Dable put more on Jones's plate this offseason, and he couldn't do it. That's where the struggling came in. So, yeah, that's that's where the issue with the Giants is. Me and my uh, co-host on the 1420 podcast that we do on Mondays and Thursdays, we, th- we talk about quarterbacks a lot and the overpayment that these guys get just because they might be a lot. Like, m- most of these guys haven't proven it. Like and you, you look throughout the league, most of these guys have not, and they just get contracts because they're quarterbacks. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, like you look at in Buffalo, like uh, yeah, Allen's supposed to be great, but he's not. Like he he turns the ball over a lot. And then, this year, badly. He's regressed, and then you, you go like Burrow's good, but he can't he can't get over the hump. You, you like because he's still chasing Mahomes. You look over, you, you go to the West Coast, and you look at Herbert. He's okay. But to give these guys 35 and 40 million bucks and, and just to say that that's the going rate for a quarterback, it doesn't have to be. Like these guys aren't that, you don't want to say they're not that good because they're, they're, the, they're the top of the, uh, the upper echelon, obviously, athletes uh, who play quarterback. You got, if without a, a good quarterback, you don't normally win. Um, I mean, Unless you're Kyle Trent, Shanahan. <laughs> Trent, Trent Dilfer's obviously got, got himself a Super Bowl <laughs> years ago. But like the, none of these guys are, are better than Mahomes. And, and, and to give him money that's even comparable, it's it's shocking to me. Like it's yeah. absolutely shocking to me how much money get, are given these guys who are just okay mm-hmm. at best. Yeah, yeah, and then you crazy. hurt the rest of the roster because you can't go out and spend for the rest for everyone else. Like you can be whatever you want about Tom Brady. He always took pay cuts so the rest of the roster could be good around him. Hundred percent. More, maybe more guys need to. If they truly care about winning, maybe more guys need to go down that mo- that that road. Yeah, hundred percent. No, Brian, thank you very much for doing this. We'll have to do it again. Uh, and uh, yeah, just uh, anytime you guys need anything, just let me know. We'll uh, we'll hook up. Maybe we'll get you on the. Talk about the Giants' of football season later on the season when it's uh, their post mortem because it's coming no matter what. Could yeah, be this weekend. They, they could be. It could be done as early as this weekend, and then uh, and then we'll yeah. talk some Rangers hockey maybe around Christmas as you see how they're doing. Thanks very much for doing this, man. Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. All right, the fourteen twenty Sports Bar Podcast for Beer Sports, talking a whole lot more. The, this uh, segment was brought to you by SeatGeek.com and the SeatGeek app. Use promo code one four two zero pod at SeatGeek.com today. The foul baller. If there's a ball that's gone foul, he's gone to get it. Under his watchful gaze, all bevs, binoculars, and ballpark brats are safe. He's the only thing that stands between his section and certain destruction. That's why he only trusts SeatGeek with his tickets. The ticketing app trusted by fans. SeatGeek, so fans can fan. Once again, thanks to our friends at SeatGeek uh, for sponsoring the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast and 1420 in the morning. Uh, use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and get yourself 20% off 
uh, or, or 20 bucks off your first purchase over there at SeatGeek. And once again, thank you very much to Brian Germiano for joining us of uh, Belly Up Sports and of 88.3 WBCR, the Saints out of Albany. Thank you very much for joining us. Talk some Rangers hockey. Greatly appreciated. And uh, those, that, those boys, they grind. They put it out there on a daily basis. Hockey fan, baseball fan, he's a he's working hard to uh, make career out of this somehow, some way. It's, uh, it's a dog-eat-dog world. And we're, we're eating milk bone underwear sometimes, it feels like. But anyways, let's get to uh, on this day and a tip of the cap and, and See everybody later. On this day in 1991, one of, if not the best World Series games ever played was played at the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome in Minneapolis, Minnesota in front of 55,118 Rockets fans in a World Series game that saw a home team win every game, had three extra inning games, and five of the seven games were decided by one run. This Game 7 was a perfect way for this series to end. Dad Gladden and his mustache led off the uh, the, uh, the the 10th inning with a double to center field, would eventually score on a Gene Larkin single to end the game. Jack Morris went 10 innings for the Twins, giving up seven hits, walking two, and striking out eight in the game. Morris was also named the World Series MVP as he went 2-0 in his three starts with a 1.17 ERA. It was, uh, yeah. Two World Series, twin second World Series championship in five years. They won also in 1987 in another seven-game thriller against the St. Louis Cardinals on this day in 1991. One of the greatest baseball series, one of the greatest baseball games ever played. Uh, it made all the ESPN lists and everything else. It was uh, absolutely amazing. You think that Morris going 10 innings, he is, who was going to walk up to him and say, I'm coming, taking you out of the game. What was his name? Tom Kelly was the manager back then. And to, to even... Uh, it probably never even crossed his mind to take Morris out of that game at that point. It's a far, it's a far cry. Thirty-two years later, how uh, the analytics have taken over and the old eye test doesn't really work anymore. But can you imagine uh, those guys like uh, like Jack Morris getting pulled out of a game with a shutout in the World Series? It would never ever happen. And a uh, a fourteen uh, twenty tip of the cap goes out to. Uh, Dusty Baker, who announced his retirement from the game of baseball yesterday after a 19-year playing career uh, where he played with Hank Aaron in Atlanta with the Braves and L.A. with the Dodgers, helping them win a World Series in 1981, and then went, played with the Oakland A's and the San Francisco Giants before becoming a coach, then a manager first the Giants from 93 to 2002, the Cubs in 03 to 06, the Reds from 08 to 13, the Washington Nationals from 16 and 17, and then came out of retirement for the 2020 season to take over the Houston Astros after uh, after A.J. Hinch let go following the stealing scandal and all that going on. Uh, Baker was very successful in his four years with the Twins, four straight American Championship Series, a World Series title in 2022, and from what to all accounts, one of the really good guys in all of baseball, no getting around that in all professional sports anyway. So uh, Dusty Baker, one of the good guys. Remember when his kid was, uh, I think it was, it was a J.T. Snow stayed him at home plate. His, his kid was uh, the bat boy. You remember all, all those years ago with the, with the Giants and everything else. But it was uh, Dusty Baker, always smiling, toothpick, toothpick in mouth, and always wearing the wristbands and everything else. And there he is, Dusty Baker. So there it is, the 14-20 tip of the cap to Dusty Baker. Once again, thanks to uh, Brian Jer- Germiano to, uh, for joining us. We have a lot going on here at World Headquarters. Lots of uh, highlights and going on but uh, Dave and I are recording we recorded last night sorry so make sure you check that one out we had a lot of fun recording that one it was a lot of, we, we always get into our Thursday a little bit so it was a it's one of those ones we uh, had some spirited conversations to say the least anyways 1420 uh, we won't be doing anything over the weekend I got a lot of other stuff going on so we'll probably be back to on Monday morning we're 1420 in the morning and then our usual uh 
uh, NFL recap, fourteen twenty style coming up on Monday night. So that should be a lot of fun as always. We'll add, we'll add to our, our list that we have been compiling since uh, week one of the, uh, the football season. So there it is. There is fourteen twenty in the morning, all week long, successful week here at world headquarters. Lots going on. Make sure you go to SeatGeek.com If you're going to a game this weekend and use our promo code, if you're going to concert, even you can even use it there for the opera. If you, if you're one to go to the opera, I'm not, but if you are, you can go right ahead. Anyways, there's fourteen twenty in the morning for this 27th day of October. And remember, it doesn't matter where you are. It's who you're with. Have a good day, folks. We'll talk to you again on Monday. You just listened to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer with sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Media Network. 